0: Welcome, if you're just joining or just listening through the week. We have had an awesome time. You need to come to church. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, Let's pray, shall we? Father, I thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for what you've been saying to us already. Thank you that we've been able to reach out and provide healing. And thank you that you've been talking to us through scripture, through worship, through testimony through encouragement from the saints, hallelujah. Thank you and praise you for all that you've told us, given to us already this morning, Father. But thank you now that we're going to gather around your word. Thank you for all the people joining and for those listening later. Thank you that that they will be blessed too by the preaching of this word. Thank you for your scripture. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you that it is literally breathed of you straight from your mouth. Hallelujah thank you that the word talks about itself being a seed. Thank you that we're now about to plant some seeds in our hearts. And thank you for the parable of the sower when we see about how important understanding is. So we speak out understanding in the name of Jesus. Understanding so these seeds will not be stolen. That they will grow and they will produce the fruit we all desire in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Turn back to John 8. And carrying on. Simply Jesus, we're up to John 8, and I don't know about you guys, but I loved last week. And I like to say that about my own preaching, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, got some great revelation during the worship, and in great revelation when I was actually teaching last week, that was brilliant. I'm really excited when I saw the Pharisees leaving as a picture of the death of religion. I think there's a couple of people spoken about that during the week. I I, I just loved that. And once religion had left, what was left? The woman and Jesus and relationship. Uh, Oh, that's what what she needed, relationship, not religion. Uh, She was alone with grace and truth. Ah, I just love that. That's what that woman needed, and that's what she received. And that's what we have, guys, living this side of the cross. Relationship with Jesus, relationship with grace and truth, one-to-one with grace and truth. No more need for a religious mindset, no more need for religious practices. To be accepted by God, to be blessed by God, to be loved by God. We have that all already because of his finished work in our relationship with him. That's just awesome. Religion's dead. Amen. Or it should be. Okay, because I can't, I'm just going to read that account again. So John 1, John 8 even, verse 1, and we'll get to the verse I want to preach on this morning. So John 8, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master. This woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto him, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her, and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. And I've been thinking about light all week. All week I've been on this verse and I just couldn't get past it. The power of light the necessity of light for life, what light does for us, how we need it to see the way, how we need it for comfort and safety. I'm thinking about what darkness is. There's so much symbolism in this verse. Jesus equating himself to light. I am the light of the world. And it's a common theme. I have got a list of one, two, three, six verses that I'm going to go through to to show you, just a trawl through the scriptures before I preach, about what a common picture, symbol, analogy that Jesus uses all the time. And I'm not even going to get get to the verses that Sean spoke about this morning. I stopped at about John 12. I didn't go any farther. So many verses, so many verses in a similar light. Just made that one up. John 1, verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And verse 9, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And John three nineteen, and this is a condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. And he that doeth trust cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest that they were wrought, and God. And John 9. John 9, verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But he's not in the world now. Who's the light of the world now? We are. Amen. John twelve. John twelve thirty five. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. I mean, how many times do you have to say light? So important. And verse 46 in that same one, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. So Jesus uses this picture This analogy, this common thing that everyone's aware of to teach about himself. You know, it's like he taught a lot about agriculture, about growing food and seeds. Everybody knew about that. He spoke about water. Everybody knows about that. But he speaks about light a lot because everyone's aware of what light is. But they didn't know as much about light back then as we know now. Let's think about light on a physical level for a bit. I spent hours on this. I love it. I was going to say look at the world around you because, you know, you you probably can't. So look at the world out that window and if you can get up high enough, look at the world out that window. There is a colour out there that I love when I go out into nature. There's a colour I love above all else. Green. Green. Who said blue? (laughs) Green. We see green plants, we see the grass, you see the trees. Green, green plants, full of chlorophyll. Producing sugars for the plants through photosynthesis. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Photosynthesis. <laughs> I was doing some amazing diagrams. I was gonna put up some diagrams to show you the metabolic pathway of photosynthesis. I mean, they're, they're shaking their heads. Guy, it is, it is stunning. Photosynthesis is absolutely stunning. Along with respiration, like which came first? You know, photosynthesis to produce the oxygen, or respiration to use up the oxygen and produce the carbon dioxide, or photosynthesis to use up the carbon dioxide, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Respiration or photosynthesis? Respiration or photosynthesis? i tell you when they came. They both came at the same time. Hallelujah. Along with respiration, I think photosynthesis is, is one of the most amazing um, metabolic pathways in creation. I was going to say in the world, but no, in creation. Energy from the sun, that, It's not here today, but that thing we've all been complaining about. We've all been complaining about for the last five days. You know, it never appears in Scotland. It's here for five days, and I wish it would go away. (laughs) Energy from that sun absorbed into the leaves, exciting the chloroplasts, to take water and carbon dioxide and produce sugars and oxygen. I mean, just amazing. It's a natural process and actually one that science has not been able to replicate in the lab. You can't do it. If, if we did, we'd be able to produce all the food we need, but we can't, we can't do it in the lab. The chemistry involved, you, and I love chemistry, almost as much as maths. I'm not gonna get into the chemistry, nuns, don't worry. I'm not gonna go, but the electron flow around that metabolic pathway is a marvel of creation. Now, how many, is its is it 5.5 or 6.6? How many billion years old is the Earth supposed to be? I don't know. Is it about, is it about five and a half or six or something? Not long enough to evolve photosynthesis. It's not long enough to evolve the cell, to be honest. But not long enough to evolve photosynthesis. No way. All driven by light. Impossible without light. No light, no photosynthesis. No grass with sugars in them for cows to eat. No steaks. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, that's, that's, that's my kind of food chain, all right? <laughs> Amen. That, that, that's a very simple food chain. Grass, cows, me. There are other ones that are much more complicated, than I could have gone into. But every food chain, every food chain, every ecosystem starts with sunlight. It, there, there's no food, no growth, no nothing without sunlight. Life on this earth is impossible without sunlight light. Every food chain, every ecosystem starts with sunlight and photosynthesis. So what's this telling us? Why is Jesus saying, I am the light of the world? No Jesus, no world. No Jesus, no life. really is that simple. This is one of the simplest pictures in scripture. He was the creator. Without him, There would be no world. And he doesn't just wind it up and let it go. He sustains it. Hebrews 1. Uh, I want to read verse 3, but Hebrews 1, 1 to 3. Can't find it. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, but also he made the world." Jesus made the world. Jesus designed photosynthesis, designed respiration to go alongside it, designed the water cycle, the nitrogen cycle, all these things, they all work together. We, We as humans are not going to destroy this world. There may be climate change, there probably is. However, that's not going to destroy the world. Because who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, Jesus is sustaining everything. Jesus is sustaining creation, sustaining the world. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down in the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the creator. And the sustainer, he is light. And that without him this world does not exist. If the sun shut down, we're finished in days once all the cows run out. <laughs> no we're, we're done for. You know, without light, nothing. That's on like a worldwide level. What about us as individuals? Well, without the energy we obtain from food, whether you eat real food or whether you eat what food eats, you know, that was a little jibe at Carol. Without that energy, we die. And we've seen that all food starts with light. All food starts with light. So without that, we cannot live. Without Jesus, we're dead. Pure and simple. Take it back to the spiritual level. We're born dead in sin, heading for an eternity without the Lord. Heading for an eternity without him. Unless we find him. It's only Jesus in that we can find life. This is a simple picture. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father for salvation, for righteousness, for abundant life, except by him. Nobody lives on this earth without light. No food is created on this earth without light. No light, no life. No Jesus, no life. It really is that simple, very simple picture. And it should be easy to understand, without him, there is no life, no food. And what else do we need light for? To see where we're going. We need light for direction. Know the way to go. Without light, we fumble about in the darkness. How many times have you woken up in a strange hotel room or something and need to go to the toilet? You're like, <laughs> You smash your knee off the bed, which is just the perfect height for kneecaps. You know, it's just you need light. You go running around in circles and off in the wrong direction altogether. I was thinking about that and I thought. I thought about Val. Val did a charity walk recently um, from on the Dava Way from Grant in the Forest. And it was an overnighter. So it was done in the dark. So she had one of these head torches, you know, in her hat. Why? To get light to see where she was going. That's a simple example. But we need light to see the direction we're walking in where to put our feet on the path. And if we use anything other than Jesus, we're going to be going the wrong way. We need his light to guide us. Jesus guides us. Jesus shows us the way to go. He provides the light for us to see the path to follow. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Use his light. Seek Jesus to see where I should be going, what I should be doing. What path am I supposed to be following? Don't trust yourself. Don't fumble around in the darkness. Use him. And, and of course, that's in the word and personal relationship with him. What else do we need light for? to comfort us, to make us feel safe, for comfort. So many people are afraid of the dark. And I, I get it. It can be very uncomfortable in the darkness. You just don't know what's out there. Has anyone seen The Green Mile? Yeah. When they take John Coffey into the cell for the first time. And he's a mountain of a man. You think Stuart's tall? The guy that plays John Coffey is like he is a mountain of a man. And what does he do to the warden when he's in his cell for the first time? What does he ask for? Keep the light on. Why? Because he's afraid of the dark. And all the wardens kind of look at each other. It's like, this guy's scared of something? But there are people scared of the dark. It's that, it's the not knowing. What's out there? What's under your bed when it's dark? You know, put your feet out of some roof. It's, it's that. I'm, I'm sure psychologists would say this fear of the dark is a kind of like a collective human memory. You know, when we're all sitting around the campfire and all around us is darkness. And you just don't know what's out there wolves and bears and nasty people just ready to get you. It. It's a fear of the unknown. I think, darkness, it's a fear of the unknown. We don't have that, because we have certainty in Jesus. We know what he would say and do. I mean, I remember there was a craze of people going around with these bands on it and saying, what would Jesus do? Question mark. You don't need one of those. I know what Jesus would do. And more than that... I know what Jesus has done. There's a certainty if you have Jesus in your life. You know, some of us still have doubts and fears about things uh, every now and again. But on the whole, if you're believing and trusting in Jesus, there's that certainty and there should be no fear of the darkness because we're in his light. We have certainty. We know what he would do, we know what he would say, we know what he's given us, because we have the words. So that, to me, is one of the very few things of certainty in this uncertain world. There's not a lot of certain things in the world, but the scripture in Jesus is certainty. It's a ray of light into the darkness, of this world and and all the current culture and nonsense that's out there. And we're not equipped for darkness. We've not been built for darkness. I'm assuming you don't, I don't have sonar location like bats do. My hearing is not as good as an owl. My eyes aren't designed for working at night. We are not built physically for living in the dark. We are built physically for living in the light. And we're built spiritually for living in the light. We're built spiritually for living in the light. John 10.10 talks about being in the light. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We can only live a good life in this world if we have the light of Jesus to provide that abundance, that Zoe light, the light of the world. So many things we need. If if we come out of darkness into light, it's comforting. There is safety in light. You know, if, if... Cavemen, our our ancestors who used to live in the wild and all that. How would they keep the wolves at bay? Torch. Not a torch. They love torches, but I mean, you know what I mean? Big thing, flame. What's that called? Big thing, flame. Fire. Fire. No. Um, you know what I mean? Big thing, flame on the top. It's a torch. Is that a torch? A torch. They had a torch. Not with batteries. So it would scare away danger with the light. That's what we need to do. So what about John's overarching picture, Vic? About is Jesus coming to end religion. How are you going to get this in? How oh, is this a picture of the end of religion? Well, I was... I was pondering this for a long time after I finished with photosynthesis, obviously. I kind of got all metaphysical and um, thinking about light and thinking about darkness. And maybe I'll look into this a bit more, but my, my brain was thinking it was almost as if darkness of itself does not exist. Because what is darkness? It's the absence of light. So in a sense, darkness is not really true in itself. This is getting a bit deep, Vic. Where are we gonna go here? And darkness ceases to exist when light comes in. In that sense, darkness is not a real thing when light exists in that place. And that should happen to religion when Jesus comes in. Religion should not exist when Jesus comes in. in. In this sense, when Jesus is here, religion is not a thing. It should not be a thing for us. You know, when you're in light, you know, there is no, okay, it's dark, or it's, there's a less light. But there's not total darkness. I really don't like total darkness. I've kind of only seen it two times recently. Once was in a cave in Australia. That's when I, I said, I wish Josh was here. I could do my have I told you I've been to Australia. Or Josh would have jumped in with the oh, have you been to Australia? Can't get that joke in. And we were down in a cave and they switched the lights off. And it was one of these things you couldn't see the hand in front of your face. And then the other day, I was in my downstairs toilet. <laughs> Doing what you do. And the handyman who was putting in a new light decided to switch off the electricity. I'm like, Whoa. I'm like Com- Complete darkness. I said, "Go, go." Oh, sorry. I said, <laughs> I'll put the lights on until you're finished. So bit too much detail. But... Where am I? Darkness, oh, dark, darkness is horrible, but it, it doesn't exist if you have a bit of light. And in that sense, for me, darkness doesn't exist of itself. It's a bit like, again, I was getting a little bit deeper. now I was thinking of it. I was thinking a little bit like silence is not a real thing in itself. It's the absence of sound. As soon as you have a little bit of sound, there's no silence. It's kind of gone. Um, and, and that should happen to religion, even when we have just a little bit of Jesus. Religion should just dis- dissipate and disappear, and then, but then, this, this, this fullness of light comes into our lives. There'll be no religion. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Anyway, and it took me back to the account with Jesus with the woman taken in adultery. When Jesus spoke to the woman taken in adultery. All the Pharisees had scampered, hadn't they? They disappeared. They were gone. Dissipated because of what Jesus was doing. Jesus is the light and religion is the darkness. Darkness should disappear when light comes in. Well, darkness does disappear when light comes in. Religion should disappear when Jesus comes in. People, but people still hold to the Sabbath, even when it's the wrong thing. Today is not the Sabbath. Yesterday was the, you know, if, if we're going to be going biblically here, it's the Sabbath. We don't need that now because we're always in the Sabbath rest because of Jesus. The real Sabbath is here. You don't need this, uh, the pointer. No need for the picture of the rest because the real deal is here. People still try and hold to the law and the Ten Commandments. They were a schoolmaster pointing to Jesus. Jesus is here. You don't need that anymore. Jesus has come. Religion's gone. And Jesus looked at the woman taking an adultery. <clears throat> and I don't think it says so in scripture. I don't think it does it. But I see him touching her. I don't know if, if you, you picture that, Jesus standing with a woman. Do you see him? Touching her, holding her. No, I, 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 see him just holding her. Oh, awesome! Just then, that's what I see, but it doesn't say that. But when he's, when he's speaking to her, and says, "Neither do I condemn thee. Grace and truth. Where are the Pharisees and the scribes? Gone. They're all gone. The religious, with the religious mindset, have left the building." The accept- and that acceptance of her From Jesus Is a picture of our acceptance from God From God the Father In the eyes of Jesus He didn't condemn her, he accepted her That's a picture of us In the eyes of God, we are accepted Not condemned, we are seen as righteous And religion is no more for us 1 Timothy 1, 1.9 says, Knowing this, the law is not made for a righteous man. Anybody in here righteous? Every one of us. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are righteous. The law is not made for you. Religion no, is no longer for you. This side of the cross, once you're saved, you are made righteous. The law. Uh, uh, and in this picture, the, the, the religion and religious acts for blessing is no longer for us. In that sense, religion should be gone now that Jesus is here. The darkness should have been swept away because of the light. Amen. No longer here. No longer here. What else can we learn about light? Well, we can learn from plants. We can learn from plants Uh, and their behavior to light. Another Australian reference here for Josh, but you're not here, Josh. See, when I went to Australia last year, did you been to Australia? Yes, I've been in Australia just twice. When we were in Australia last year, Nunzi bought some interesting seeds, a packet of seeds and took them back to plant. And they've germinated and they're growing happily on the windowsill in the kitchen. But I noticed them last week that they were bending. So I said to Nunzi, I said, you ought to turn your pot round if you want them growing straight. Because plants bend to the light, grow towards the light. Well, it's actually interesting. They grow more away from the light. And in that way, it pushes them over, but that's that's different. I won't go into the chemistry or the biology because then you'll just go all like that. <laughs> but so you want to turn the pot around and do that regularly, if you want these plants to grow straight because they bend towards the light we need to be like plants Pauline kind of hinted at it this morning we need to be like plants growing towards the light of Jesus getting into his word getting into prayer with him getting into being in a local church and being around other believers grow towards the light we have so many distractions that we can bend ourselves to You can bend yourself toward TV, social media, sports, football. It's so easy to bend yourself towards football when Scotland's riding high. (laughs) Politics, newspapers, whatever. You can lend your ear to them and bend towards them. We need to be bending in towards Jesus. Leaning into him, growing towards him, being influenced by him and his word and not the things of the world. Being attracted to his light. I forgot, being like a moth towards a love moth. Attracted to the light. Letting that light change us, develop us, feed us, and feed us and nourish us. See, being in the light of Jesus will lead to maturity in our walk. You need to be in the light. I just remember doing an experiment at school one time. Probably, You've probably all done this. You use sunflower seeds and you grow some of them in the dark and some of them in the light. And in the dark, they shoot up and then die. It's a bit like being on stony ground. You need the light. If you grow it in the light, great, big, tall, fruitful. Got to be in the light. Being in the light of Jesus will lead us to maturity in our walk our Christian walk and our Christian life. The, the only way for that to happen is to be in him, with him, let his light shine on us. And in that way, we can shine the light on others. We need his guiding light upon us to walk straight, to walk true, to not be pushed off to the sides. It's a simple picture. I, I think it's actually one of the easiest pictures to understand that Jesus uses in the word, because we all know the importance of light. I'll talk more about photosynthesis one day. We know the importance of light in our world and the light in our lives. I'm gonna finish with the words of Jesus again. Uh, John 12, 46, kind of sums it up. I am come a light into the world. That whosoever believeth on me, believeth on me. Not whosoever should work and strive and do religious acts. But whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Here we're seeing Jesus talking again about, I think, kind of the works you need to do, or rather the works we don't need to do. Remember his answer in John 6, 29 about the works we need to do. What were they? Believe on him whom he hath sent. Guys, the answer to anything and everything in our lives is to believe on him. That's the answer to every problem. Every problem, every issue, every stress, every anxiety, everything that comes against us, everything that is coming against us, to believe on him whom he has sent. And if we believe on him, in this passage that Jesus is talking about, we will be in the light and not in the darkness. We'll be in safety, not in security. We'll be in comfort, not anxiety. We'll be on the right path, not in the wilderness. We'll, be, we'll have provision, not being laughed. That's about what's being in the light. In this context, believe in him and abide not in darkness. The opposite of that is lack of belief in in him. Trust in something else, that's living in darkness. Trusting in your own religious acts is being in darkness. Trusting in your own goodness is being in darkness. Ranking yourself against other people. Well, if we're ranking, he's definitely getting into heaven. I might sneak in because I'm so much better than him, I know where he's going. That's religion. Anything other than Jesus is living in darkness. Guys, the light is here. The light is available. It's like Andrew Womack says, you know, you don't phone up the electricity company and say, I haven't got any lights in my house. You just go and switch on yourself. We need to switch the light on. The light is available. It's around us. It's in us. Just need to use it. Amen.